welcome to The Big Deal, where we unlock the details and drama behind the business of sport in Australia and around the world. Join me, Warren Treadray, along with Andrew Montessi and our expert guests as we take you into the boardroom for behind-the-scenes access and analysis of contracts, negotiations, endorsements and much more. Subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player and don't forget to sign up to www.thebigdeal.au for a weekly wrap of the latest deals, breaking news and many more exclusive opportunities. Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of The Big Deal. I'm Jack Hudson, joined by AFL legend Warren Treadran. Today we're dissecting the fallout from Port Adelaide's Lost to the GWS Giants at the ending of their season. And Treaders, round three, you said untenable. Are you vindicated? Well, that's for others to find out. But I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. I'm peeved off. Why? Because we've just could... We, we've done what every pork fan thought could happen, but hope wouldn't happen. Um, we'll get into the contract extension of Ken Hinckley a little bit later, but if we go to the weekend's game against GWS. They came to play. They bashed the crap out of us. They followed Brisbane's mantra from seven days earlier. And they were simply too good. Um, people can say, oh, Port got close. So they had an opportunity to kick at 1-8. Yeah, you did. Port did. But in the second quarter, they conceded five goals in a row. And then the Brisbane kicks, uh, sorry, not Brisbane, GWS kicks seven points in a row. So Port should have been 10 goals down at half time. And that's the bit which really has me sort of frustrated and struggling, simply because... We didn't put our best foot forward. Um, we stuffed up selection. You can't take too many injured players into finals. I get you can take risks, and some players are all carrying nickels this time of year. But when you've got a key defender, McKenzie, coming off a ankle injury into a knee injury, into re-injuring an ankle injury, uh, you've got Dixon hasn't played for seven weeks. You've got Marshall carrying a groin injury and out of form. You've got Aaliyah carrying a knee injury, which happened only seven days earlier um, in the lead-up to the Brisbane game. Um, Finlayson's out of form. McEntee, people are questioning whether he should be in the team because his contribution hadn't been big. And Durs was struggling and Ollie Wine's well below their best. Well, yeah, people can say in the world what, what you want, and, and that's the beauty of this. We sit and talk about it. But when I did Ken Hinkley post-match say, people can say, yeah, we had some injured players or some blokes um, who were less than perfect. But I can guarantee you, that if some of the replacements were put out there, it would have been a much far worse result. Well, you know what? I was disgusted in seeing this. This is the same coach who, before the final set, uh, it's a bit scary playing finals. No, it's not. It's daunting. It's exciting. It's nervous. It, it, footballers are competitors. You don't get scared of a competition. You're apprehensive. You want to take it on. For me, a lot of it is to sell, but if you want to justify your decisions and say we're banged up and injuries, you can't go on Fox footy in the pregame and say, no, these guys are fully fit. Um, yes, the only reason we're playing Finlayson is the sub is because these guys haven't played a huge amount. It's just as a backup, which the sub is a backup. Let's face it, it is a backup. You're relying on the four players to get the job done. And yes, you can use that tactical reason to put someone in. But why couldn't we have played one of the young guns in Mead or Burgoyne or Evans or Fantasia when he's not so young? Or Williams, who apparently didn't have a hamstring injury but did in Brisbane. So what Ken's effectively saying there is those blokes aren't up to standard. Well, you know what? What does that say about your developer? What does that say about blaming others for your poor decision? Oh, I'm just sick of the blame. Oh, I want to see someone who jumps on the front foot and is positive, not talk about how good the opposition is. And I think that's massive. Um, and, and that's the bit that I think we really struggled at. Does it surprise me? No. 
you know, you look at not showing up. This is the third big final in a row, Jack, that we haven't showed up. 21 prelim, car crash first quarter versus the Bulldogs. Last week against Brisbane, Brisbane just beat us up at contest. And that was an area we were dominant at. They kicked 13 from stoppage. On Saturday night, there was nine goals from stoppage. That's 22 goals from stoppage, and that's Port's ace, ace in the pack. You know what I mean? They pull that out the pocket and go, this is what we can bank on. Well, we got beaten at our own game. And as we said, Port had some chances. But GWS should have been 10 goals up at half time. Um, and and it, if that was would have been over, it would have been shell-shocked and people walked out of um, Adelaide Oval at half time. The defensive issues, this is the bit that baffles me, is the defensive issues for Port Adelaide have been there all year and they haven't been able to fix it. We haven't but we haven't seen any new players. Yeah, you know, we haven't seen any other guys try it with some different ideas. Why not play Finlayson in defense? Why not try a few other bits and pieces? And the fact that they go back to the same old guys every time and bring Dixon in off seven weeks, it I just struggle to see it. And and the reason why the defensive issues there, look at the percentage. That's why Port doesn't finish second, because the percentage is horrendous. When they lose, they get belted. They get really opened up. I want to go through some off-field um, own goals. Oppenheimer, that was a really good one, wasn't it? So yeah. maybe they thought Oppen- Oppenheimer was building uh, the, the, the uh, movie that was about building the um, atomic bomb. Well, they hit Nakasaki and Hiroshima. Well, maybe that was the two weeks for Port Adelaide in the finals. Sure. Um, injured excuses, injury players' excuses. I don't think that's dumb. The white noise labelled two years ago, I brought it up in round three and people didn't like it, that's dumb. And that was from your senior figures, your coach, your CEO um, uh, and your president. Uh, talk about, this is all the stuff that's blown up my Twitter in the last 48 hours. The business plan of trying to win three flags in five years, well, that's now over. That's world record dumb. That just puts you there. And even heard George Fiacci, a former uh, Port Adelaide multiple premiership star in the sample, talk about that. Um Thinking you can really control the media. Doesn't work like that. Um, Koshy's quote when he extended Ken. Ken said our most successful coach in an AFL era. Well, clearly he doesn't understand how Port Adelaide's built. It's about premierships. And he's at a better uh, rate than Mark Williams. who's taken a young team to the top and been to two grand finals and multiple prelim finals. Well, I think he certainly misses it and doesn't quite understand what Port Adelaide's about. Um... And to be honest, when he says, David, that is, to say that I'd be silly not to extend Ken's uh, contract before finals. And Port Premiership skipper in the sample era, Tim Ginevra, says it'd be a stupid decision to do it before finals. Um, it it just really questions where things are at. Like, and, and if we get to the... Yeah, even you, Jack, you'd probably be surprised at the decision to extend when it happens. Because if I asked you this time last year, what's... Ken going to have to do to stay on his contract uh, as a coach heading into the 2023 season, what would it be? I'd say that's to make a grand final. Like, yeah. that's, been, that's been the big question is not being able to do it come the final series, not how good he is as a home and away coach because the results are there. Home and away, make finals, we'll do whatever, but the finals, that's when it all falls apart. Yeah, and this is some interesting stuff and, you know, you're a port man and the problem is when you're too close to it, like I am, it's too angry about it. <laughs> yep. But irrefutable stats, which you won't like. Ken Hinkley's now the longest serving coach in the history of the ARTL to never make a grand final. Eesh. It's not like we're going, hey, it was a four or five year coach to with Dacumit or Damien Hardwick six or six years or seven years. Do we stick it out? This is 11 seasons now. Mm. They've won two finals since 2014. No cutthroat finals since 2014. This year's 13 game win streak which was pretty impressive, 
I bet no one knows how many top eight teams they beat in that time. Wouldn't be many. You just guess three. Is that it? Yeah. Melbourne, Sydney, St Kilda fell in against two of those teams. Now, they won three finals in Ken's first 48 games as coach. They've won two in the next 200. Jeez. It's baffling. So, in 10 years, you got three prelims, right? As you said, the question was, can Ken get to a stage where he can get the team to a grand final, through a prelim final, um, and can potentially win a premiership? That's what we're here for. So, let, let's not talk about, oh, I've done a great job and reinvented the list. No, no none of that, right? So... I even got a message from Twitter when the club was looking to extend care. And this guy tweeted, there is no valid reason to do this before finals when performance in that context is the question mark. So, you know, when realistically, when they signed in, I said, you you can't, ahead of signing, I said, you can't do it because in six weeks' time, you'll have the answer that you want. And you might, and I hope you don't, you might be in a situation where it is a situation because you have straight sets losses in finals, you've signed a coach for two years, your fans are disengaged, and how do we find ourselves now six weeks? Yep. Exactly that same situation. Straight sets. Yep. When you could have waited six weeks, there was no media pressure. Sure, there was heaps of media pressure early, right? From Jared Whaley, from Caro, from Kane Corns. They're all people that are close to camp. You know what I mean? Like there's a relationship there. And, and I get they're going to support various people and everyone has people they support in the AFL system and has friendships and all that. But you can't tell me that waiting six weeks when there was no one holding a gun to your head. Gold Coast were clearly going after Hardwick. Richmond were clearly going for the next inexperienced new coach. So Michael Voss had gone from being on death's door in his coaching to playing unbelievably now find themselves in a prelim final this week. There was no risk of losing the coach. So you got to ask about the due diligence that was done by the footy club. 100%. And I, w- I wonder as well, another thing is, like they say Ken's very close with his players. Is there a such thing, Fred, as, in your, as, a, as a player, is there such thing as too close? Yep. Absolutely there is. And, and that whole saying makes me vomit. Why? I was close with Mark Williams. But you were never quite knew Mark was in your corner. You knew he was in your corner. But he always had a flick of the switch where he'd just do some random stuff, question you at a meeting, peeve you off. He'd push your buttons to get a reaction. Yeah. As soon as I hear they're all loving, they're all great, they're all thing, that was just a media department rollout from Paul. And you know what? As I said at the time, they loved Josh Carr. When Zach Butters said thanks Josh Carr for pushing hard to get him in the midfield from round four in Sydney, his season went, AFL yeah. coaches award all Australian will win the John Carr medal and the best and fairest this year. So you also love your assistants. You're closer than your assistants and your senior coach. And I'm not trying to downplay the role Ken's done since day dot when the club was broken and then all that money brought in. You know, Cochiness, chairman, Darren Burgess Fitness, uh, Alan Richardson, senior assisted. Ken got the resources. They did really well, right? They never gave up. That was their motto. They never gave up. Well, we can't say that anymore. Oh, no. Really. It was all about uh, uh, building ourselves up, we're never going to give out the positive, positive message that would play on opposition head, the players' heads because, oh, God, they're coming back last quarter. They're super fit. They're fitter than everyone else. There was this mysteria around Port Adelaide that no one had stood now. I don't think they got that. And so for me, this comes back to the leadership, and I won't be popular by saying it, but Chairman David Kosh has done a great job. 
but footy's not extreme. CEO Matthew Richardson, by reports, you ask him to get stuff done, he can get it done, but footy's not his strength. Chris Davies, footy manager, he was the one who publicly said on radio his recommendation to the board is an extension they've seen improvement from Ken. Well, when you do that, that's accountable. Um, when they rolled out the extension, I listened to a, an interview on 5AA, who was a po- employer of mine, um, by the Matthew Richards. He couldn't, or he didn't, chose not to name the footy subcommittee who made this decision and recommendation. Unfortunately, he and David Costin the next morning on the breakfast show on 5AA a couple of days later um, mentioned that footy subcommittee. Cos Cardone, long-time board member. Rob Snowden, former manager of Port. Chris Davies, Dom Cassisi, former captain. And Matthew Richards, the CEO. So effectively, they're hiding the, who, who tried to make this decision. Well, that, mm. this decision has been ridiculous. I can't believe that anyone, and I know a couple of those people pretty well, that sit back and go, this is the right thing to do on the eve of the finals when everyone knows... There's no player holding out a contract. Miles Bergman had already committed. Um, no player was out a contract that they wanted to desperately keep. Otherwise, they would have locked him away saying, no one's holding a gun to their head saying, it's Ken Hinckley or I'm leaving. They didn't need to do it. So for me, it's the governance, which Port and David Koch talked about when I wasn't available, didn't accept me for a board position. It was all about governance. Well, how's the governance fail on this? How's the derelict of duties this? They've got 60-odd thousand members. You've got two teams, an AFL team and an AFLW team and a Sandville team. So that's the third team as well. We talk about that. Um, so yeah, how's your honesty to your members when you've delivered this stuff? Yeah, this has been weak decision-making. The Port Adelaide I grew up supporting were ruthless. They sacked Russell Liebert and put in John Cale. Russell Liebert's the greatest ever player. The late Russell Liebert would be sitting there going, what have we done if he was still with us? But, which is just sad in itself. Yeah, I know at times. Other key people have texted me. Some of the biggest names in Port Adelaide's history have texted me, but they haven't publicly supported my stance. But, uh, privately supported my stance and I get that mm. but I, I just sit there and it baffles me and, and even the last 24 hours you've seen that George Fiacci spoken out what's he had to say well the quote from um, George is I have a theory on this I've been around the footy club since I was 14 so it's a long time as a player and then an administrator the thing is I've learned is that board supporters don't hate Kenny they hate losing and it doesn't matter who you drop in that role it could be George Fiacci Russ Lieber for example it doesn't matter who it is you aren't winning the fans expect you to win that is the problem with the Port Adelaide Footy Club at the moment. We just need to win, no matter who is coaching, that the fans will call for their head if they aren't winning. Look, I do think we should probably have waited until the end of the season, but I'm sure they have other reasons why they did that. I think it was a strange decision to go so early before the finals when finals have been our Achilles heel. And on the ruthlessness, is the ruthlessness also wrongly directed, Treaders? Travis spoke probably one of Port's best players and busted his ass out on Saturday night, and is, that was probably his last game for the club. Yeah, well, that that no, I don't share the same thoughts that many people that just because Boki stuck with us that he should be extended. I think it needs to be a calculated decision. I think Port have done some of these pretty well. Um, there's no doubt there's been a conversation that, hey, we think we might need to move in separate directions. He obviously feels like he wants to play on and he might explore that or he might even take the risk of going, hey, give me spot 42 on your list or whatever the last list spot is and go pay me the minimum and I'll prove to you I'll play another year. I'll free up salary cap space and I'll take less than a rookie, if you know what I mean. Mm. Not that that's actually possible in the system because the, the senior experience money is is that way. Maybe, maybe it looks that way. But, yeah, I just listen to what George just says and it just baffles me that these decisions um, 
have beaten that eight. So now we're in a situation where we've got coaches making excuses that players and young players weren't good enough, but he's played them all this year at the AFL level and they're dominating the Sam. But you just take the easy decision to try and go in with a with a heap of injuries to get it done. Senior people who have made a, a howler of a decision and everyone could see it coming. People in the Port Cheer squad could see this coming as a potential risk if you extend the coach early when no one was going to take him. You just simply say, can you, the, the board knew, everyone was on the same page at the end of the off-season last year. Um, and you're in, a, you're in a situation, I don't know what's happening inside the walls of the club, who's got more more control than anyone else, but let's face it, coach isn't going to walk. He's got a two-year deal. People are going bunter that Ken English should be sad to go. Yeah, well, you know what that means? You're going to have to pay out Ken. Say, for example, it's 800000 a year. That's $1.6 million over the next two years. Because you potentially could go over your footy department spend count. That's a two-to-one tax. So whoever you pay next, you're costing double. So even if you pay to coach 400, it's going to cost you another 800. So it's going to cost you $1.6 million to have a new coach um, replace the senior coach for the next two years. And even if you do cut and cut jobs and cut resources, then you're going to go without. You're going to go without in your coaching department. You're going to go without in your fitness and medical departments. So this is the decision that just simply baffles me. And someone needs to pay the price. You know, the fact that the chairman thinks it's a great idea to extend a contract before time, it's a, it'd be a silly decision not to extend it. Why? Because we played 13 games in a row, which is a great achievement, but we beat three contenders. Mm. Really? Like, we've now won... Well, we're, ex- we're not extending a three-year coach here. We're extending a 10-year coach in his tenure. Right? It, it's quite surprising, isn't it, that all the people that publicly backed have now hidden for the last 24, 48 hours. And that's why I went so hard early, because I was worried this is what court would do. So is the chairman going to walk? Fans want him to go, from what I'm seeing on social media. The CEO, what's he done in this situation? The footy manager who backed him in publicly. Someone needs to pay the price. So my question to Port Adelaide right now is, who's going to take responsibility for this? We can't have the same people sitting there. What about all the board that ratified this. What about the footy committee that don't get paid who ratified this, right? The board members need to be um, applicable for this because you've got many 10-year-plus board members and as part of that footy committee, one one's Coscardo, the other one's David Kosh, Rob Snowden, who's only new to the board. He, he's a footy man, he gets it, but what are their right minds thinking or is there something we didn't hear? Well, we'll hear nothing from Port Adelaide until potentially Ken Hinckley does an interview on Friday. We might actually hear something now because I've spoken out. But we can't sweep this under the carpet, poor fans. And if I was on the board, I'd be in the same situation. We stuffed this up. We didn't listen to our fans. Yeah, you talk about calling fans white noise, then your economy. Talk about disengagement. Yep, this is what I was talking about. You couldn't understand that in round three and you think 13 wins is going to fix it. No, we're a team. When the coaches start the year, this is the best talented team I have had. Best list I've had. And everything goes really well. Sitting second all year, fall the third. And then, but we just knew, didn't we? Yeah. A lot of people knew and go, it's not going to get the job done. So someone needs to pay the price. Or multiple people need to pay the price. Ruthlessness needs to be put back in the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Uh, I agree with you. And one of the quotes that actually came on the Port Adelaide Facebook page after... Um, the loss of the Giants. The last quote was, your unwavering passion for our club never goes unnoticed, thanking the fans after the season. 
Yeah, and seal the comments. Yes, I certainly did. That pretty much said bullshit. Yep. So, well, Treaders, that wraps it up. A disappointing end for Adelaide season after, yeah, that streak did look show a bit of promise, but another off-season comes, but seems a change needs to happen. That's all from us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Big Deal. Before you go, don't forget to join our community by subscribing for free at www.thebigdeal.au and get a weekly email bringing together the hottest sports deals, breaking sports biz news as it happens and much more. Join me at www.thebigdeal.au.